the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, our uh, continuation of the Epistle of Saint Peter, the first Epistle of Saint Peter, uh, chapter one, and we uh, started it. We uh, just again to uh, to give us an uh, recap of what we've been talking about before, specifically last time. If anybody remembers, what was it? If those who were with us, what was the highlight of uh, last week study? Wasn't here. <laughs> Saved by the bell. <laughs> what was it? Which which verse was it? That we're born, kept, prepared to enjoy. Yes. So we're talking about four things that we're going to talk about more and more as we continue this chapter. That that remembering that again, what the world has done for us is that we are born for the glory. We are for the glory we are tested for the glory and we are to enjoy that glory we are to enjoy that glory so uh last time we were talking more about verse uh six right that uh, four and five actually that that inheritance is kept for us uh that is uh unfeeding and un uh defiled if you remember this and we we, we talked about what is the diff what is the meaning of that what is the meaning of that so um I'm trying to figure out why is the echo. Okay, I think we're good. So from the beginning of, of, of this particular uh, chapter, actually, again, we want to keep in mind those four things, that we are born for the glory, we are kept for the glory, we're prepared for the glory and we are to enjoy the glory and again uh, verse 5 is kept verse 6 and 7 prepared and verses 8 and 12 are we are to enjoy the glory from now enjoy the glory from now we'll talk about this more and more today as we uh, we we go through the chapter itself but it's important to understand this and this is basically again one of the things that we always say especially in orthodoxy that uh, we are not just you know longing for time and for a period that will come that we just uh, we don't have any uh, idea what does it mean how does it taste what what we can do but again through the church through the eucharist through uh, the liturgy through all the practices that to practice that we the lord has given us a taste of that eternity from now and that's why again as we said a couple of weeks ago that we we talk a lot during the liturgy about the glory right glory now and forever right glory be to god now and forever to the ages so that glory is now and forever but but it has to be now it has to be now and that's the beauty of what we participate in and that's the beauty of the 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 faith and the liturgy and the liturgy and the, those things that we are uh have access to so we can have access to that glory from now not just talking about something that will come uh later on so I'll start start read the text and then we can stop at a couple of things as we uh, move on here by God's grace in order to to study more and to grow more together into uh, what Saint Peter is teaching. Again, remember that he was talking to those who are in the diaspora, those who are 
what scattered, those who are scattered, first Peter, those who are scattered, and then he's trying to encourage them, trying to strengthen them, and trying to tell them that you know, even though you are going through tribulation and temptation and all those things that we are, this is all kept for you in order to receive that, and we'll talk more about receiving that inheritance that is yours. So, chapter one, first Peter chapter one. I'll read from, from uh, let's read from the from verse three again, the, as we started before, and then we go on with with uh, what we have to study today. Again, I read from the ESV. Might be a little bit different than what we have or what's on the screen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again. This is that again, born for the glory, born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That's what we talked about last, last Saturday. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, searched and inquired carefully. And let's just stop at this point for now. Talking about, again, before talking about what we have received, right? And we, we, are, we are born for that glory and we are kept for that glory, we are tested for the glory, and we are to enjoy that glory. We are to enjoy that glory. Remember last time we talked about something that's very, very important in verse uh, seven or verse eight, basically when we talked about um, in verse six, in this you rejoice though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So remember that we, we, we kind of picked on one word, or I was picky about one word, which is what, remember? Necessary. If necessary, which means what again, that, that is what, what does it mean again, if, if when we talk about if necessary, what does it mean? When there are times that is necessary to go through this, right? There is time, and there are times that are necessary that that God see that it is necessary for us to what to be tested, as we will talk more and more, right? And then the 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 verse again that is or the word again that is next to it is what for a little while, for a little while, right? For a little while. So. After he's talking to them about, about the glory, after talking about that we are born for that, we are kept for that, that, that inheritance is kept for us and is waiting for us and, and, and is ours, right? And then he goes, okay, well, so if we, if, we, if we start to think, so if that's the case, so why are we going through hard time? 
if that's the case, so why are we, why, why does God allowing us to go through all those tribulation, all those things, and where is he, and where is that glory, and where is that promise, and where, all, where, where, where is that inheritance, it doesn't make any sense, and so forth, right? So here you see, Peter is talking to them about something that's very important, he goes like, remember, remember that this is all for a, for a good reason, this is all for a good reason. So with that, you know, I want to point out a couple of things as we move on with the text, with the text today. But first, um, the idea again of, of knowing that, that we need to be tested, like back again to this point again, why? Doesn't God know who we are? Why is he testing us? Why is he testing us? Abuna, <clears throat> sorry, Abuna, um, I think, he, I mean, he says the genuineness of our faith is being tested. And so, I, I mean, I guess that's it. That's, that's right in the text. Yes. That's the genuine genuineness of your faith. Yeah. And under pressure. I mean, yes. So, right. yeah, he's, he's testing right. us under you know, the pressures of life and trials. Are you willing? Are you still? Are you forsaking him, essentially, or not under the, under the trials? Um, are you still holding fast to him, I think? Um, so with that, with that, that comment, David, you know, the question comes, okay, is this for him to know or for us to know? Um, is it for him to know or he already knows? He already knows. Well, so who is it for? Who is it for? For us. <coughs> for us to know, right? And a lot of times we don't, we don't pay attention to this point, that it is for us to know, right? Here we are, we're going through our lives and we are maybe, again, as you were discussing the, the, the uh, how to be a sinner book, we are, we're imitating John, the character of John. Like there's nothing wrong with my life. My life is busy. My life is just going on and on and on. And there's nothing that I can even think about that I'm doing wrong. I don't even have time to do anything wrong, right? Then when, when that test comes, it's for that John that's in us <laughs> to tell you like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, something is missing. Something is missing. Because I know already, you know, for God knows already. It's like, well, God needs to know if you are faithful or not. It's not God who needs to know, right? God already knows, but he wants me to know. Why he wants me to know? Abuna, yes. <clears throat> I heard once that uh, usually trials are for elevation, not for examination. Like God already knows who we are and what we will do, but he wants to like teach us something through this. Teach us something. So it's for ourselves to be taught something. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, again, out of his love, he's saying, like, pay attention. Right? You need to pay more attention because you're not really what you think you are. <laughs> right? So when we go through this hard time and the rough time, it's not, again, that he's forsaking us, but he's actually out of his love. Like, no, I because I love you so much and I don't want you to, 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 Continue being deceived, basically, right? I want you to bring something. I want to bring something better out of you, right? Because you think that you are okay, but you know what? In my eyes, you're not okay yet, <laughs> right? What else comes to mind? You know, all of us in different ways, in different in different forms, in different circumstances, all of us are being tested somehow, right? What else do you think about it? Like, how can we press on and keep going with that? And, and, and take this again, 
from the from the text of the or the flow of the text itself. Like before that, he was talking about what? Talking about the promise, the undefiled, unperishable, uncorruptible promise, inheritance, right? And so with that in mind, be now we can accept when I test you, because you have something that is worth waiting for you, right? And because I want to give you that, I don't want you to lose that inheritance. I don't want you to waste what, what's yours. But in order to receive that, you need to pay attention, right? Because what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm going to let you go through is for the sake that you're actually worth keeping your eyes on the, that inheritance, price. right? Mm -hmm. The prize. Mm -hmm. What else? What else comes to your mind? Uh, Boone, I think for me, I, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Uh, yes. yes, the um, the I think of Peter and his three denials of Jesus, and where he um, he's he was tested in that particular instance for his faith, and it made him check himself in that situation where he may have not have known otherwise. He's just going through the motions, and he doesn't realize that he's um, in a situation that needs to draw him back to to, to the Lord. Right, he himself went through that. Right. <clears throat> And, and, and he knew that through the testing and through those times of, of struggle, that what actually brought him back, right? Brought him back. One of the things that I was reading about this, it's, it's a beautiful passage, actually. I'm reading, I'll read it and, and, and share with you what it says. It says, life today is a school in which God trains us for our future ministry in eternity. Which is a very interesting passage. That, that we have future ministry. You know what, again, the idea that here we are, we go to heaven as, as, as it's portrayed in a, in a caricature that we're sitting on a lazy boy, just reclining and praising in all uh, rest. No, there's, there's work to be done over there. There's ministry over there. There's service over there, right? So he's saying that life today is a school in which God trains us for, for our future ministry in eternity. This explains the presence of trials in our lives. They are some of God's tools and textbooks in the school of Christian experience. They are some of what? God's tools and textbooks in the school of Christian experience. Peter used the word trials rather than tribulation or persecution because he was dealing with the general problem that Christians face as they are surrounded by unbelievers. He shared several facts about trials. So he's not talking about specifically about tribulation or persecution, but he's talking about what? trials because it's general because the same trials that they were going through we are going through the same trials right now right and and because of that you 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 understand and you see that okay this is actually that textbook that we have to study <laughs> to prepare us for the for the ministry that we have in eternity but usually we don't look at it this time look at it this way i mean right why because we are so much Again, we, we look at ourselves, look at our own uh, 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 capabilities and everything. It's like this is, we, we, we don't understand what, what, what is happening to us. But he said that this is something that is very interesting. <laughs> and when we talked about this, we talked about three things, if you remember. We talked about the trials, the trials that meet the needs. Remember, first, as you said, if necessary, meaning there is a need. So the trials meet the needs, meet the needs, okay? Number two, the trials are varied. And we'll talk about it more. They are, as it says here, they are what? Various trials. And we'll talk about this more. Number three, trials are not easy. 
They're not easy. Brings heaviness. It brings actually grief, right? But at the end of the day, it is for a good reason. Trials meet needs. We talked about it already. That there is a need, and it's, again, as it says, if necessary, if necessary, then then I have certain needs, or I need certain things in order to bring and to strengthen the faith. So, okay, there you go. I'm gonna give you something, right? But trials are varied. Varied is is it is it is it meant like varied by number or varied by by what? What what does varied mean? Trials, as it says here, different types. Different types. Different types. How is that? So they can strengthen different parts of us. Okay. So when you go through, say, um, a trial of I don't know. Um, lack of money or sickness or everyone affects us differently. Yes, yes. So it's, it, is, it is different kinds. The actual word is very important, actually very interesting. I was looking at it here. The actual word is word that is uh, used to describe the, the um, it's mainly like many colored, right? It is it is it is used to describe the 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 uh, uh, leopard when they change the color of the skin, right? So as if it is not the same, and we we can really go through that and 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 look at it, and sometimes we don't understand like what is God doing to me? Like one time is from the left, one time from the right, one time from inside, from outside, from sickness, from health, from relationship, from whatever. What, what what's happening? What, what's happening? But he's saying that those are various. It's, it's, it's various because not just various in, in the numbers, but various of the type according to the, to the need. But what's most important and what's more important is actually that the same word is mentioned in, in uh, the same epistle in chapter four, verse six. If you can bring up chapter four, verse six real quick. Uh, no, it disconnected. <laughs> so. Yeah, yes, that's that's okay. Just just forget about it. I'll, I'll I'll read from here. It does that thing that it disconnects every once in a while. Um, First Peter chapter four, and I think it's verse ten, not verse six. It reads something, and I want you to tell me. You know why is it important to 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 link both of those together? What does it say? As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, of the various graces of God. The same word. So the same word that he's using in verse one, in chapter one of various trials, he's using the same actual word in Greek into describing the, ver the various what? Grace. What does that tell us? The more trial, the more grace. And also as there are too many and too different and too various trials, there are also God has two various graces, right? To allow us, as it says in Hebrews, that every time will give you a, 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 a trial, he'll give you the trial what? The exit, right? He'll give you the way to get out of it. He'll give you the way to get out of it. 
So when we are overwhelmed sometimes with different kinds of, of, of trials and they're like, actually they're as they're changing their color, you can't really understand, you can't really capture it. Said that I can also give you various kinds of what? Of grace, of grace, right? But the idea is what is to stay in faith, as it says here, stay in faith. Because usually that's what happens and that, that's what shakes us during the time of the trials. That is what our faith is not strong, right? Our faith is not. That's why here again, the whole passage talks in the beginning about the faith, right? Verse five, who by God's power are being guarded through faith. And we talked about this last time for a salvation re ready to be revealed in the last time. And then he goes on more again in verse seven, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? So here you always, always in, in, in Peter, always you see, he talks about pain and right away he talks about the glory. Talks about testing and trials and heaviness and all those things, and right away he talks about what the glory that needs to be revealed. As he's saying, okay, don't don't worry, right? Don't worry about that. But with all this, it still it comes as as a very heavy, as it says here, right? The text the text describes it in a very very good 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 way, in in, in a very actually uh, uh, detailed way, right? In verse seven again, so that the, that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation. But then the verse before that, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by a various trials. You've been grieved. What is grieved? So here the trials not only is 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 disturbing, but it's causing what? To be grieved. What do you think of that? Because that's a different approach for trials, right? Like trials, okay, I know I've, you know, I'm going through a hard time. I can be anxious. I can be nervous. I can be uh, disturbed. But also trials cause what? To be heavy. The actual word actually to to um, to be under stress, to be distressed, to be distressed. Right. What do we do when we are distressed? What's our reaction when we are when, when we are under that? The, the word again is to to make sorrowful, to affect with sadness, to grieve. Right. Why do we grieve? First of all, when we are under trials, what why do we grieve? Why do we grieve? Um, Abuna, I think um, I feel like it's your heart is like you're shaken and you've lost your foundation of what is regular and meaningful and you start questioning things at a fundamental level I think for me when I think of grieved mm. like your world has changed dramatically from what you thought it was in a way that you never expected and you don't know where to go quite or mm. maybe even you and, and you're really tested I think at that point because you're wondering you know, uh, where's God possibly at that time? And you're saying to yourself, you know, how can this happen to me? You know, it becomes really heavy on the heart. 
comes heavy on the heart. You feel you feel isolated. You feel you're 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 being uh, ignored. You're being um, left alone, right? Right. But in that verse, also, it's pointing at something that's very very important. When he says again, if we read the text again, when he says that 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 through that time, right? Through that time, we are we are being distressed or grieved, right? In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So what is, what, what is he trying to say here? That grieving through the, during the trial is what? It's normal. It's normal, exactly. Right? It's normal. And that's a very important point because most of the time, most of the time, what makes our trials even worse is the way we react to it. Right, and how we cannot, as we were talking about when we were discussing the, the 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 healing work, right? We cannot. We don't have mercy in ourselves. We don't have compassion in ourselves. How can I be so much, whatever during the trial? He said, "This is fine. It's okay to feel like this. It's okay to be under that heaviness. It's okay to be sorrowful. It's normal, right?" The actual word itself, I was looking at the actual word itself is the same word that is written in Matthew 26, 37, when the Lord in Gethsemane was grieved. Same word. So lots of times we make things even worse because we cannot accept our own reaction to the, to the test. Like, I can't believe I'm really that whatever. Right? Well, go through it. Go through it. Why? Because it's for a little while. Why? We go through it because it is, and we understand that it is in order to prepare us for something much, much, much better, that undefiled, unblemished, right? How do you think about this? Like, you know, do you, do you like, from, from our own experience, do we really sometimes, you know, the way we react to the stressful situation makes us even feel worse, right? Yes, Albir. Right. So you start to panic, to panic, right? Because of our own reaction, we start like, okay, I don't, I don't know what am I doing? You know, I shouldn't be dealing this way. I should like, but he's saying here, it is when it is necessary for God to give us something, we will be grieved, which is. Fine. Right? It's not fine when that grief causes to what or the, or lead us to what? To sin and to despair and to lose trust, right? And that grief also something we talked about this earlier when we talked one time about the about sorrow and as, as a disease. If that grief doesn't lead us to, as St. Paul says, there is grief that leads to what? Or there's sorrow that leads to what? To? To repentance, right? So now, like, wait a minute, you're, you're confusing us. You're talking about trials, you're talking about acceptance, you're talking about reaction. So why are we talking about repentance here, <laughs> right? It's not time for repentance now. Let me grieve and let me be stressed and let me deal with the test right now. Don't talk to me about repentance. But do you see the link? 
Can we think of repentance during the time of being tested? 100%. We should. Sorry, go ahead, Doreen. I can't hear you. Uh, we, we just mentioned that trials are usually um, to open our eyes on something that God is um, pointing to us. So most, most likely it's going to be something that needs repentance. Exactly. exactly. That's a full circle. Coming back again to, 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 to first base, right? That because of that, then I reflect on myself more and then I start to offer what? Repentance. Right? And then you start to see things making sense, even though it doesn't make sense. Right? I'm under so much stress because of whatever, right? And why are things happening this way? And why, is, why am I going through all this? And I'm so much focused on the, the why, right? But I never take the time to look into myself and say, well, this is, again, if this is really a test from God, he's trying to tell me that there is something that you need to correct. And the correction is 100% through repentance. Through repentance. But the one thing that will keep us in line to think this way would be what? Because again, during the time, we all know it. We are, we're all over the place. We're all over the place. And it's not time now to talk to me about spirituality. I can base, barely making it and I'm so stressed and, 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 and let me get out of this and then I'll start to think about what you want me to think about, right? That's how we deal with things usually, right? Once things will come back again, Abuna, I promise you, I'll, I'll come and confess and do it. But let me just fix things first. Let me get out of this first. Well, we're never going to get out of this because that is the purpose. We are in this. I think, Abuna, I think <laughs> there, there is a problem which we all pass by. When we, we, we are exposed to trials, we struggle about whether this is a, a from God to promote and upgrade our faith or because something has to be corrected in our, in our life. Yes. That's a great point, and that's exactly what I was going to talk about next. And the explanation of this, actually, I know we, we, we dealt with this a lot of times, and we can theologize it and talk about it more and more and more. But actually, as I was reading the original, the, the, the text, the language itself explains it in a very, very, very simple way. How is that? So the, so the way trials are mentioned here, it's a, it's a, it's a verb called dokimizo, which is, again, trial. The verb is used in order to test let me read this for you because this is very important the verb is used in classical greek of assaying or testing metals and means generally to approve or sanction upon test so to, the test is done in order to do what to approve when he talks in in the same in the same uh, or in, in different other words different other parts like for example matthew 6:13 talking about the trials there's another verb called Dokimezin, which actually means, means more of, of testing whether to know this is good or bad. So it's not to approve. And that's why one of the same one of the fathers says the the the, the testing, which means again uh, to know the fact whether things are good or bad, could not be used of Satan. The first one, which is dokimazin again, sorry, which is the which is the, the the to test to approve, can never be used of Satan since he never proves that he may approve. <laughs> he never proves that he may approve, 
nor tests that he may accept. What does that mean? Satan never proved that he may approve and never tests that he may accept. Let's just take some time, repeat it again, and just you know, say it several times in your mind so we can understand what does this mean. Because it's very, very, very important. It goes back again to Dr. Samir's point. Satan never proves that he may approve, nor tests that he may accept. Because his way is not true. So the reason he is, again, the trial or the temptation that from Satan is for what reason? To prove anything or to, to accept, to see that you are accepted or not? No, it is for what? It's for destruction. So the words itself, there is two different words. That's what I'm trying to say without going into Greek and going to all those things. But there are two words. One of them is a test to approve. And it's actually, that's what it's used for, to approve the genuine, the genuine, genuineness of the metal itself. So I'm going to take a metal and put it into the test in order to make sure that this is approved. That is the trials that he's talking about here. There is the other trial that's coming from Satan. It is never to test that he may accept. It is just to destroy. Is it clear? Does that, that clears the point to Samir or not? That, that's what you're trying to say, right? To lead us astray. To lead us astray. But not to. And that's why, again, the things that we go through, right? If I'm really going through a hard time, and this hard time increases my faith and makes me get back again to myself and try to evaluate things. What's happening with me? What is God trying to teach me? What is, what is, why am I dealing with this in this way? What's wrong with this? And you see that this is something that actually strengthens that faith and approves my genuous, genuineness of my faith that this is definitely what the first verb, <laughs> right? But if I'm going through something that I'm putting myself into it, as, as James talked about, about that, right? St. James talks about that. That I am, actually it comes from myself because I am astray, astraying, going astray from God, right? And it's pushing me to away from God, right? That's not what God, it's not God's intention, right? Because here, according to this, Satan will never prove that he may approve and never tests that he may accept. In James, in James, in James, he, he, he talks about two types of trials right. in the same chapter, the first chapter. Yes. The first one is coming from God, which is yes. approved and to test. And second is a trial which comes from Satan. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And this is very important to understand this again, to approve. The, the verb is to, to approve the genuineness of the metal versus something that will actually, I bring it, bring it up on myself, right? And allow devil actually to put it on me and to use it in order to what? To push me away from that. So that's what he's talking about here. And that's why it's important to understand this. Again, remember, this is all under what, what we talked about is to prepare us for the glory. Anything that comes as a, as a temptation, not as a trial that prevents us from not preparing us for the glory, it's never 100% from God. And we need to, to decipher, we need to, to really uh, 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 differentiate between this and between that, right? But the point here is the boldness and the, the courage 
that's that's that I should have in order to face myself. I said, no, this is really God is trying to tell me something. And maybe I don't understand it. Maybe I'm going through difficult time, but this is the time to pray more. Like God, no, show me. Like why, why, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing all those things to happen? You know, I cannot tolerate this. I'm not, I'm very weak. I cannot really go through this. Right? And then you see God is, is revealing things more and more. Right? And God is giving again more and more. As he's giving various trials, he gives various grace. And like, I have no idea how I'm, how I'm going through this. But again, all this doesn't mean that I do not what? React. It's okay to grieve. Don't panic when we're grieving. You know, this is what God, part of the process. And that's what makes us actually more and more look inward towards ourselves and come back again in repentance to him. Preparing us for the, for the glory. So we're born for the glory. We're prepared for the glory. We are what again? What, what else did we say? Remember? Hmm? To enjoy the glory. There's one more. There's one before that. You said there are four of them. I keep forgetting them. Kept, kept, kept for the, for the glory. glory, kept for the glory. So born for the glory, kept for the glory, prepared for the glory. And now we're talking about what? To enjoy the glory from? From now, from now. As I was talking earlier today in the, in the, in the, in the sermon, I gave it just a short sermon after the, the, the gospel today that if we are really going through repentance, and forgiveness, we have to live as we are forgiven. Right? We have to live as we're forgiven by accepting others, by working our faith, and by faith <laughs> and knowing that we are enjoying that. So this is part of that, that when we are, again, like it, it sounds like it's very, very just a paradox. You're talking about trials and talking about grief and talking about this, and then in the same verse, it talks about what? Joy. Like, what what joy? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And talking to people again that they are actually literally going through that, right? They are they are running away from their home. They are dispersed. They are uh, everything. But then he tells them, "In this you rejoice." It's like he's insulting them. Like imagine somebody is is, is really sad instead of be happy, <laughs> right? In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So all those things will result in what? Praise, glory, and honor. Praise, glory, and honor. And then he, after this, he moves on to a different different, again, different mindset, which is, again, we talked about, again, remember, we talked about you are born, you are kept, you are prepared, and then he's talking about what? That glory. Because that's what he ended this verse, that result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When we talk about, about uh, preparing ourselves and enjoying that glory, we'll talk about it in in um in three or four things from from the from the from the upcoming verses number one in order to 
enjoy the glory, let's move into four directions. Number one is love Christ, as it says here. And we'll, we'll talk about it more as we read this, the text, but I just want to point out the points itself. Number one, love Christ. Number two, trust Christ. Number three, rejoice in Christ. And number four, receive from Christ. And these are all in verse 8 and 8 to 12, basically. Love, trust, rejoice, and receive. Lust, right? Again, love, trust, rejoice, and receive. Love, trust, rejoice, and receive. What does that mean? What does it mean? Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. What kind of love he's talking about? What kind of love that is there beyond the physical presence of a person? Through spiritual love. Okay, How? Yes, that is what it is, spiritual love. right? Though you have not seen him, you love him. What does that mean again? What do you think? Let me read something to you. Maybe that will open our eyes a little bit on what you what you're talking about. Okay. One of the of the church fathers actually. I think I have it here. Let me read it for you. If you love him, now when you have not seen him, but have only heard about him, think how much you will love him when you finally do see him and when he appears in his glory. For if his suffering and death have drawn you to him, how much more will you be attracted <laughs> by his incredible splendor. See, if you love him now, while you have not seen him, but have only heard about him, think how much you will love him when you finally do see him and when he appears in his glory. For if his suffering and death have drawn you to him, how much more will you be attracted by his incredible splendor? when he will grant you the salvation of your souls as your reward, as your reward. So the, the key in this passage here, what, that what, what draws us to him, to his love, his what? His sacrifice. The sacrifice, his suffering and his death, suffering and his death, right? So again, to be practical, to be practical, how can I love somebody that I don't see? What, what triggers that love? Well, as we've said before, again, that the love of God is poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, right? So the love that, that, that's in our heart, this is in Romans 5, 5. The love of God is poured in your hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to you. So the love of God is a gift of the Holy Spirit, a grace of the Holy Spirit, a fruit of the Holy Spirit, I may say, right? But then what, what can keep that love kindled and keep that love always in our mind? 
is when we think about what? As it says here, about his yeah. sacrifice, about his suffering, about his cross, right? And this is why, again, when you look at the cross, when you hold the cross, when you come to the church and see the cross, that is always a reminder for us about his love. So much, that's how much love got the word that he, what his only gave, he gave to on the cross, right? So the cross for us is not just an abstract. It's not just a symbol. It's not just something that, okay, we do it somehow, not even <laughs> focused. When we cross ourselves, you know, something I probably said this before and I will keep saying it. It really irritates me. <laughs> Forgive me. When I see somebody that's signing the, the cross, not in the proper way, just doing whatever. <laughs> like, come on, take the time to sign the cross as it's supposed to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not just a, a movement. <laughs> Why? Because it brings to the mind the love of God. If just doing it, whatever we do it sometimes, that's no, that's, that's, that's not the purpose. It's not a magic movement, <laughs> right? That's why we always start everything in, in, in orthodoxy by the sign of the cross. So take the minute, take a minute as we sign ourselves with the cross. That's why when we say during the liturgy, when we say holy, 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 we should all be signing ourselves with the cross, full cross. Because as we are saying and as we are doing the action itself, it brings to us the love. We just don't do things because that's what it is. We have to understand why we're doing things. And we have to use what the church has given us in order to keep that mindset based and focused and, 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 and attached to the love of God. Yes, Albir. Yes. Yes, some people look at it as the trial. Again, that I don't want, you know, we always, why? Because we always have that, 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 that language, you know, it's your cross, you have to bear it. And I don't want to do this. And it's so heavy and it's so painful and it's so frightening. But no. Bearing the cross, as the Lord said, bear the cross and carry the cross and follow me, it's not just going through the, 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 the pain. It's going through the, the love. Carrying the cross as he carried the cross. He carried the cross for what? For the others. When we carry the cross, means that we live for the others. But we always, as you're saying, Albert, the one thing that comes to our mind always when we hear the cross, it is that painful experience that we have to go through. Oh. That's why, again, when we used to go to, to, to Calabar, <laughs> an area in Nigeria that's full of, uh, of uh, Jehovah Witness, and we used to go around and give the cross as gift. <laughs> and once they see this, either they shut the door in front of us or run away from us or take us out of whatever. I remember one time I was talking, had a long conversation and, and that particular lady never said anything from the beginning that she's Jehovah Witness. But she, she, she let me go. And then at the end, she goes, I have a question. I go, what? And I had my cross. She goes, why do you worship the cross? 
And I start to explain to her and explain to her. And, you know, she wouldn't understand. Till one of our team, she was, she was wearing her, her wedding ring. And one of our team, like, I'm, I got to the point that I was really like, okay, let's just, you know, call this day off and let's just leave her and go home. Because she was getting aggressive. And then one of our team, she jumped out of her seat and, 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 and pointed at her finger, like, what is this? In your finger, she goes, This is my wedding band. She goes, Does that mean that you're married to the wedding band? She goes, No, it's a symbol. So that's exactly what this is. The cross is the symbol for our love and for our victory and for God's love to us. And she was like, Totally calm. <laughs> the love. The love. And if that love is shaken, then we'll never look at any trials as it is given from God to us in order to be tested, to be approved. But it will be always what? Punishment. Always be bitter. Always be totally something that we don't understand. That's why, the again, if you read the text itself, again, like, you know what, what's, what's happening with, with St. Peter here? Is he, like, well, why is he jumping all over the place? Talking about the glory and the inheritance and talking, talking about the, the, the trials. And then all of a sudden, in verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Like, where is this coming from? Like, no, it fits exactly, perfectly in the flow of the text. Because... Yes, he is the one who is allowing us and, and to go through the, 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 the trials and testing and all those things. But remember, this is out of love. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with, with glory. Like he's saying, keep your mind on him. Even throughout the trials and throughout the hard times, don't forget that he is a loving God. And in order to, to live that loving, to, to live that fact that he's a loving God, you have to what? You have to have that mutual love. You have to, to, to give him that love, right? When we say God is love, not God is loving, no, God is love. So what does it mean? I'm not saying God, he's not, he's not saying God is a loving God. He said God is love, that he is love himself. The whole love is God. And the one thing about love is to share that love with other people. I can't be God is love and that love is for myself. Yes, there is the love between the Trinity as we say in, in, and, and as we believe in our faith, but also that love is to be mutual love between him and between other. I want you to love me also as I love you. So the first point that we'll talk about today in order to enjoy that glory is to do what? To love. To love. And love is not just a word. Love is not just feelings. Love is what? Action. Love is action. Love is when I wake up in the morning, I want to talk to him first. That is love. Love is I long to read and to hear his words. Love is when I come to the service, I'm actually longing. I don't care about anything else. As I as we were talking before yesterday, I'm there to receive, as we'll talk about it later on. Love is a decision. Love is a sacrificial love. That means I have to, to if I really love, as we always say, if I, if I, we, we always say that, if I love something, I'll find the time to do it, 100%. I love my show, I find some time to watch my show, right? I love my book, I find some time to, right? I love 
whoever, I find a time to talk to whoever, right? But when it comes to God, like, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, then again, that, that equals what? I do not. Well, again, how can I capture that love? As I said, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? And that, that, that is very important. That mindset is very important because it's not that I, again, us here as Orthodox, okay, I will fast till six o'clock because I want to love God more. Right or wrong statement? The more I fast, the more I will love God. Why wrong? Well, not exactly. I love God because of my love to God, I'm willing to do whatever. And the love comes first. And if we do all those practices without love, it's useless. That's what St. Paul said. It's not me, right? If you do whatever, go back again to 1 Corinthians 13. If you do whatever and you don't have love, it is nothing. So let's go back again and see how can we really, the question is not how little should I fast? <laughs> the question would be, how can I love God? Should I do this or not? That's why Augustine said what? Love God and do everything. Love God and do everything. Because when you love God, when you truly love God, 100%, whatever decision you make will be what? Will be building on that love. And that's why when we go back again to, to the text here, it is, it is, he's not just jumping from one area to another. No, this is the core of the, of the, of the text, right? And he said, again, if you rejoice and tested and the genuineness and all those things, and then again, verse eight, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know, you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. No, that is that exactly that is exactly the reason he's talking about this. Again, he's talking to people who are being what removed from their homes, from their life, from everything, because they are holding on to their faith. It's like, okay, this is this is you're doing this out of love. And because of that love, you will endure more and more and more. And you will pursue more and more and more life because you are doing it out of love. Although you don't see him now. But as we say and as we pray, we see him by the eyes of our hearts, by the eyes of our hearts. Though you have not seen him now, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And again, the glory, the glory. So if we, if we summarize today again, that, that those trials are... God is giving it to us in order to know ourselves, right? And to correct and to lead us to repentance and to lead us to go back again to the right, on the right path, right? And those trials are numerous. And those trials are based on need, right? Remember we talked about the trials are needed, the trials are various and the trials are painful. It's fine that we are under and we go through the pain, it's fine. It's grief, it's heavy. But with that, you have what brings it back again, which is what? 
the glory and the love of God. The glory and the love of God. And that's why he starts this section again about enjoying that glory from now. Even if we're going through the trials, even if we go through the hard time, but remember that there's what? It's all out of love. And that's what actually makes us love him more and more. And then moving on with that again, as we said, that the four things that love Christ, and then we talk about trust life, trust Christ, love Christ, trust Christ, receive, and what else? Rejoice and receive, rejoice and receive, right? And you see, this is very, very uh, clear in the text itself. I really pray that we, we, that's why I said in the beginning of this study that this is very, very, very relevant to us, very relevant epistle to us. Relevant to us, again, the trials. That's why, again, if you remember, we read this passage. It's not just we are just going through persecution. Well, I'm not going through persecution. Now. It's not going through hard, but no, it's trials. It's general and it's various, different colors, different types, right? Because each one of us has his own. But remember, as much as each one has his own, also each one has his own grace. Different, the same word, different grace that is given to us. Why? In order that all those things will lead to that love and will 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 make us also uh understand more and more that uh, even though we do not see him but we love him more and more we'll continue uh, next week god willing yes uh with the study and uh, going on again with uh, with uh, still chapter one still chapter one oh, again as i said we go slowly but i think it's much much needed to really uh, dive in into those things. We can't just take it lightly. We can't just take it lightly. And again, I, 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 I pray and I urge you and I urge myself also that we read more. Go back again and read this text more. Go back again. And maybe there are some things that we said today that, you know what, I'm not really convinced. I don't see it. I'm not really, I don't know what you're talking about. Change all those things into prayers. So, uh, you know, the purpose of the study is not just to say here, to sit, to, to sit here and come and then go back, oh, that was a very nice Bible study, and then we move on with our normal life as usual. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose is that this has to be some kind of transformation, of change. And it won't come unless I really let the word settle in my mind and digest. We are talking about this yesterday, that let saw the seed and allow it to what? It is our decision to let the seed we're talking about the mustard seed, settle, right? And brings understanding and brings knowledge. So let's just take the time, you know. I'm sure God is speaking to each one of us through the texts, 100%, in a different ways. Don't just be so busy and let, again, the birds come and do it. Steal the seed. God is planting the seed. Just let it settle. Let it settle. Tomorrow in the liturgy, tonight in your prayer, let it just settle and then and then to grow 30, 60, and 100. To him the glory now and forever to the ages of all ages. Amen. Let's pray and then continue next week. God willing. Lord, hear us when we pray to you, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. May the love of God the Father, the grace of his only begotten Son, the King of the Holy Spirit with you. Go in peace. Peace be with you all. Amen. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Bruno. Yeah. Thank you, Bruno. Uh,